This is the Thorn Podcast, Performance Edition, the show that navigates the complex world of sports science and explores the latest research on diet, nutritional supplements, and the human body. I'm Joel Totoro, Director of Sports Science at Thorn. As a reminder, statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thorn Podcast, Performance Edition. Joining me today is UFC athlete Dan Ige, a featherweight with a professional record of 15 wins and four losses, training out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. Just stoked to be here. Thank you. Yeah, now before we get started uh, on a personal, we have to congratulate you and Savannah on the arrival of Baby Bam. Super exciting. Oh, uh, it's honestly, it's thank you so much, first of all, but it's it's the best thing ever. I know everyone says it father or just parenthood is just the best thing and it, it truly is every day it's just a new day and uh, I know that's like a common phrase but it's literally just I look forward to something new every day and just kind of figuring out this new life as I go and just balancing out oh, my training my my career and now being a father it's just it's just great and uh it just brings me so much joy and motivation to my life and my wife's life and uh really gives me something to work and strive for. So uh, I, I can't be more pumped. And uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's a super exciting time. And, and we'll dig a little bit into that as we get into the conversation. But we want to start a little bit about your journey. What was the path from a skateboarding, surfing teenager in Hawaii all the way to the main card of the UFC? Honestly, it's been a crazy journey. And I, and I look back at it often because like I have to remind myself how far I've came just the path I've gone down and, you know, like you said, I, I grew up in Hawaii as a skater and a surfer and it's just something I've always enjoyed doing. I still enjoy skating and surfing. I just don't do it as much because obviously I have a career, but I really don't even know what led me down the path. I kind of just started, I, I started wrestling and I wouldn't say I was like bullied a lot as a kid. I just kind of, I was just a nice kid. So I was like, you know, and the nice guys always finished last and I just felt like I had to start getting into martial arts because I felt like I would have to defend myself at some point one day, sometime. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I didn't really get in too much fights growing up, but I, I just, I knew that was the culture in Hawaii. It was like surfing, skating, or fighting. So I felt like I had to kind of go down that path. And, you know, I started getting good at it. And I, I started competing in jujitsu tournaments. I was wrestling in high school. And then, um, I felt like I just kind of wanted to take my career a little further. So I, I wrestled in college out in uh, Wartburg and Wa Waverly, Iowa for two years. So I continued my wrestling career. And then I, I did one MMA fight in the summer. It was right after school. I did one MMA fight and I just, I instantly fell in love with it. It was like something I, I knew I wanted to do after that first win. It was something I never got from wrestling or jujitsu or any other competition, skating competition, surfing competition. I never got that feeling. And right away, I knew it was something I wanted to pursue. And ever since then, I've just been on this journey. And here I am now. Oh, I, I don't even know my record. You know my record. I was like 19 fights now, I think. Almost 20 fights, professional fights. And here I am, number eight in the world. And it, it's just been a crazy journey. And I'm still young. I'm 29 years old, turning 30 in a couple of weeks just entering my prime. So yeah, the best years are yet to come. Yeah, excited to see where this journey goes. You touched a little bit on this, but you know, Hawaii is such a special place with such a culture of respect. Can you talk a little bit about the Hawaiian tradition in MMA, you know, from 
BJ Penn to Brad Tavares to you, Puna, Max, yeah. host of others. How important is it to have such a, a good community in such a demanding sport? You know, the support, the community is everything because like when I was growing up fighting in Hawaii, like this is, I thrived off the community because like it, everyone so has so much knowledge about fighting, even like kids who don't compete in like professional or amateur. Like if you just went on like street Hawaii street fights, like kids are really good at fighting, like just out of nature, like kids are throwing three punch combinations ending with a leg kick and like it, it's just crazy how like good at fighting everyone is so it's just something you kind of got to know how to do but then like yeah like you said the culture you know I when I was growing up BJ Penn was fighting he was a champion he was a he was a lightweight champion of the world um welterweight champion of the world also and it, it was just it was cool watching a guy like kind of my size go out there and compete and become champion of the world so that gave me something to like thrive for even at the time I didn't truly believe it but I, I put it in my head that hey I, I can do this I can I think I if I pursue it I could you know become a UFC fighter and eventually become a champion yeah the culture is everything and then as I started training and um, Mac Max Holloway was coming up and then watching him become a champion and now myself and Brad guys like Brad Tavares just a mentor and you know, someone I look up to a lot, like just came off a big win this past Saturday. And it's cool, you know, watching the sport, like a small, tiny island in the Pacific and like guys are successful and, um, you know, putting Hawaii on the map as far as a, from a fighting standpoint. So yeah, it's, it, it's awesome. And it's just forever evolving. And, you know, I, I'm excited to be part of that next wave. We call it the Hawaiian wave. So just the next wave of excitement and entertainment from the fighting standpoint. So yeah, that's great. Uh, you mentioned looking up to, to BJ Penn and now there's, uh, you know, hundreds of kids in Hawaii looking up to you the same way. So it's great to see that continue. Yeah, definitely. So after your last fight, you posted a little bit about mental health in sport on your social media. And I think it's an extremely important topic that doesn't get talked about enough. You kind of hinted at the idea that sometimes the journey we have planned isn't always the path we end up traveling. And I really loved your advice. You said, hey, create a new map. It's such a great mentality. Can you talk a little bit about how you've learned to manage the physical and emotional demands and such a, and the kind of extreme highs and lows of combat sports? Yeah, I mean, from the public's perspective, like all anyone really sees is the result and they don't see the work that gets put in. They don't see the, the aftermath. They don't see the, the countless hours of training and all they see is the little, the little glimpse at the end is the result and whether I get my hand raised or I don't get my hand raised. And, you know, it's hard, especially like for me, I'm a very positive guy, you know, with a, I have goals in mind. I'm always looking for something new to strive for. And um, this fight in general, like when I fell short, it like, it, it, it did hurt. It did sting a little bit. I felt like I, that was an opportunity for me to use my platform to, you know, create an awareness because it is the real thing. Like I'm not suffering depression or, or anything, but like, it's easy to get lost and whatever you do, whether of course fighting, not everyone's a fighter, but in anyone's day-to-day -day life or daily job or their pursuit to whatever they're trying to strive for, like, it's so easy to fall short and then lose track of where you're going. So, you know, I, I think it's just, important like I mentioned and like you mentioned just creating a new map like I had everything planned out and laid out exactly how I was going to achieve the title 
And it didn't go that way. It didn't go my way. So what do I have to do? I have to go back to the bottom and, you know, reroute my map and reroute my journey to the top. It's pretty much the same, but you just got to, you know, you got to find a new path. You know, you start going up a path and you realize you reach a dead end, but you just have to backtrack a little and find the new path. So I always try to find the positive in everything. For me, for instance, that loss is going to be a great thing for my career down the road. Just the experience I've gained. I didn't take any serious damage. I'm not hurt. I'm healthy. I just have to find a new journey to the top. And, you know, it it, it sucks because I was so close, but at the same time, I'm, I'm still super close and I just have to, you know, keep working at it. And this is not the time to give up because it's like the tip of the iceberg or you've seen that, um, that image, like someone's digging for gold, but they're so close to striking gold because they can't see it because it's under dirt and then they give up. But if they just would have dug two feet deeper, they would have struck gold or, or the carrot that's ready to harvest. Like they, you can't see the carrot growing in the ground because it's only the root coming out but it's there. Everything's ready to harvest. You know, you just got to let it simmer a little bit longer. And, um, you know, that's pretty much what I got to say on that, I guess. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I mean, you know, we know in sports, if, if losing ever becomes easy, it's time for that second career, right? Oh, yeah. So this is actually a reader question that I think fits pretty well here is, you know, you mentioned, I mean, you're so new to fatherhood, but it's already made such an impact. So how has being a dad changed, you know, your training, but also really your ability to kind of live you know dan the fighter and dan the dad and kind of merge those together honestly it's a challenge and i look forward to challenges but it's like the best challenge of my life you know it i i know some i've never obtained the ufc title yet but i know people who are champions and are dads and they say that's the greatest title in the world so you know i'm embracing that i try to live every second in the moment just watch my son grow up, but it is a challenge finding the balance between training, fatherhood, being a husband, being an example. And I guess one thing I took away from this last fight, I, I kind of blocked everything out, even though it was so new to me, just being a dad and whatnot. And every media question was about my son. And I kind of blocked, like I answered it, but I, I blocked it out because I was so focused on the task at hand. And now looking back at it, it's like, I don't need to block out my son or my family because I was so focused on success, but I, I'm realizing like, I need him to be successful. I need that motivation, just my family, like supporting my family, fighting for my family. Like I was doing everything possible to try to live my normal life that I was living before becoming a father. I was trying to put everything on the back burner. My wife was doing an amazing job taking over and my mom was in town helping out. And um, I'm realizing now in the off season, like I didn't need to do that. I just have to adapt to this new life and, you know, get used to being a dad and worse as human beings, we're so good at, at adapting. I didn't give that a chance. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm just enjoying this new life and um, fitting in my training where I can. And obviously when I get a fight locked down, like things will get a little more intense, like the intensity will ramp up a little, but at the same time, this is my new life and I can't put that on the back burner and I just have to embrace it, enjoy it and adapt and just go with the flow. And I think I'll be more successful because, because of it. A lot of our listeners first got to know you during the contender series. How has your approach to training and, and recovery specifically evolved as your career has progressed, you know, moving to Vegas and then working with the UFC Performance Institute and then getting to know us at Thorne? 
honestly, I'm always looking for the next level, the next step, the next whatever it is to better myself as an athlete. And um, recovery is the biggest part of that. I remember when I was just coming up, you know, even fighting the contender series, like I get just en enough money to buy a couple bags of ice and put it in my bathtub. And like now I have a full ice bath set up at my house that's just permanent. I can jump in every single day and, you know, get the most out of my recovery. I've invested in a sauna. And uh, I think that's huge as far as like hot, cold therapy and just extreme temperatures and being able to adapt. And obviously, you know, you guys at Thorne have really elevated my my game. You know, just I, so I never took supplements. Like maybe I'll take some protein after a workout when I was coming out. But it's like the science and the sport and everything has evolved so much. Like I'm taking so much from Thorne, like the fish oils and the Marivas and glutathione and just whatever I can that obviously legal and thorn is all third-party tested supplements, something that I can trust and, you know, take my game to the next level. It's all helpful. Yeah. The recovery has been the biggest change in my career, just being able to advance and get the most out of my training. I've always worked hard. I've always trained hard. And now I recover even harder, you know, my, my sleep style then my, I have a, actually have a sleeve on my bed that controls the temperature I sleep at so I can get the most out of my recovery in that sense and I'm always trying to find something new and you know become become a better human and a better athlete we mentioned a little bit you know we love working with the staff at the UFCPI how is having access to that that world-class experts to really support all aspects of you know say specifically fight week all the way from supervised you know weight protocols to you know like you said the third-party tested supplements down to Hey, here's your individualized post weigh-in meal. It's a lot. How did you possibly manage that before the PI, and how has that impacted kind of the way you approach fight week? It's great. You know, it definitely took a huge load off my plate because um, I actually used to go to school um, for like kinesiology and nutrition. Uh, that's something I was studying in, so I always kind of did it on my own. All my post weigh-ins, all my meal preps, and my weight cuts. I've always done it on my own and. When I made it, when I got into the UFC and I knew that the UFC PI provided a service and I, I wasn't really too sure at the time because I've done it my whole life, my whole career, actually, I've done it by myself. It's been nice, you know, just kind of letting go of that and like letting a true professional help me, you know, they're forever evolving too. I remember like just getting into the UFC, it wasn't, they were just kind of figuring it out. Now everything's dialed into like the T like they literally know one week out from the weigh-in they know exactly what I weigh to obviously my weigh-in day they know how much sodium and mineral content that I'm losing that I'm dropping weight and they have every single thing to the T dialed in for my post weigh-in like here you go this is ex exactly what you need to recover and refuel to be at your best so you know I'm super grateful for them and you know it's uh they help me perform at my best my wife's awesome, super awesome at that too. She helps me with all my meals and just getting my macros dialed in for the whole entire camp. So it's a team process. You know, I, I rely on the team around me. Like I said, we're always just trying to find little ways to get better and improve on the daily. And we're just forever evolving. So I'm just grateful for my team and my circle around me. All right. We're going to have to take a short break. And when we get back, we're going to get into some questions from you, our listeners.
You put in the work at the gym, on the court, at the track, pushing your body to the limit. Now maximize those results and unlock your inner champion with Thorne's high performance sports nutrition line. With pre-built fitness bundles, like Thorne's training bundle, you can jumpstart your training and fitness routines and take your performance to the next level. Thorne offers the most comprehensive line of NSF certified for sport products on the market, making Thorne the unquestioned leader in quality and innovation in sports nutrition. Visit Thorne.com to learn more. That's T-H-O-R-N-E.com. And we're back. All right, Dan, let's get into some questions from our audience. The first one, super tactical, half guard versus full guard thoughts. It really depends. I don't like either for MMA. If I'm in full guard on my back, I'm losing. If I'm in half guard I'm on, on my back, I'm losing. But that being said, I've becoming more in love with half guard. If anything, I, I think there's just from MMA and a standpoint, especially being on top and half guard, you can inflict so much damage there. But even from the bottom, like I have so many sweeps that come from half guard. I think it's a great position. Obviously, you know, from full guard, you have your Kimuras, your triangles, your arm bars, but you just don't. <laughs> It's so hard to, to pull off these days unless you have your opponent hurt. Everyone's so good, and I don't like hanging out there, even though I've been there a few times in my last fights. But you never know, man. You can pull something off, but i just not a fan of being there in an MMA fight. In jiu-jitsu, yeah, that's different. So maybe half guard. <laughs> All right. Now, you mentioned earlier in our conversation that, you know, that first win just kind of ignited that spark. But – Whatever listeners want to know, what do you think your career would be would have been if you never pursued fighting? I, I think I probably would have ended up joining the military. Um, my dad's, you know, being a Navy SEAL veteran and actually he's still active duty uh, for almost 30 years now. So I think that's the route I would have went just to kind of follow his footsteps. But if you were to ask him that question and if he had found fighting, I think he would have found the fighting route. So in a way, I'm still I'm living out his journey myself and um yeah so if, if i wasn't a fighter i probably would have joined the armed forces and um but here i am <laughs> i'm sure you've got this question a million times but when did you go from dynamite dan to 50k and what do they mean <laughs> it's funny because i actually had a another nickname before that i was danimal i was danimal my whole amateur career my friends called me that and i would have probably just stuck with that nickname but it just didn't Anytime I visualize myself, Bruce Buffer announcing my name, it never made sense to be Dan the Dynamo. And my first uh, boxing coach and mentor gave me the name Dynamite Dan. And I never even really embraced it or liked it, but it flowed. It made sense because he always told me, like, you you want a nickname that flows. Like, if you look at all those school boxers, like Iron, Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Dynamite Danny Gay, like, it, it just – it just flowed and made sense. And then, but it wasn't my own. I, it just wasn't my own. And I, and it wasn't until after I fought Danny Henry in London in the UFC and I got my first performance of the night bonus. For those that know, performance of the night bonuses, they give a $50,000 bonus. So I remember coming to the gym the next day and people were me 50K Ige. And I was like, oh, that kind of rhymes and flows. And I kind of liked it. But then I, at the same time, I didn't want it to be like I'm flaunting money or like embracing this. So for me, 50K Ige is just going for the performance in every day, going for, I'm always going for the performance and training. I'm going the extra mile 
I go the extra mile in my everyday life. And whatever I choose to do, I'm always looking for the performance bonus, even though I say I'm not getting a bonus every day. But that's that's the bonus in life that I that I strive for. And obviously, when I fight, I always fight to finish. I'm always looking for the bonus. So I think that it kind of just makes sense. 50K, you get. I might change my Instagram later on, but I, <laughs> I don't know. I tried once and it, I had an error. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. The next question is uh, kind of t- touching on some of the stuff we talked about earlier. But besides playing with BAM, what do you do for fun when you aren't training and fighting? My time's definitely gotten a lot more limited. And it's super hot in Vegas right now. It's, uh, it's like 110 plus. So I can't do much outdoor stuff. So if I'm not playing with BAM, I'm either playing video games or something with my boys on Call of Duty or Warzone or something, or I'm either reading books or doing something, trying trying to better myself, trying to learn. Obviously in the cooler months, I try to get outside a little more. I love uh, mountain biking. That's something new I got into just last year. So I've been going mountain biking here and there. There's a bunch of trails out here in Vegas that I didn't even know about. I just found out they existed last year. So, um, that's definitely something fun. And then obviously surfing and skating is, I can't surf too much in Vegas, There's, but they are coming out with the wave pool soon. So that's going to be awesome. And, uh, yeah, it, obviously if I get to go home, I pretty much did my whole time home surfing and hanging out with the, with my friends and playing with my dog. Yeah. yeah. Leave it to Vegas to figure out a way to, to bring surfing to the desert, right? <laughs> exactly. Soon. 2024, I think. Yeah. Hey, it's it's in the Olympics now, so if you need that cross training, yeah. you know. Heck yeah. Uh, John John Florence. Hey, he's another Thorn ambassador, so you know. Yes, we, sir. Went to high school together. Oh no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did mm-hmm. not know that. So hey, man, that's a that's a powerful alumni right there. Yep. <laughs> this is a fun question from our listeners. What would be your dream place to uh, hold a main event, and uh, who would you fight against? that's a good one to be honest I I think uh, you'd have to do it in Hawaii UFC Hawaii and as much as I hate saying this I love Max Holloway he's a dear he's a friend of mine he's someone I look up to a lot but what better place to have you know two of the best fighters in the world from Hawaii to main event in Hawaii I think that that would be insane it'd be legendary just to have you know, it just, it, it really shows the talent of Hawaii. If you have two of the best guys in the world, where are they from? They're from Hawaii. And if you put them on a main event in Hawaii, that would just, you know, make the most of it. But I'm not calling for a fight, you know, against one of my friends, but you never know. It might come down to it. And we're both at the top because he's incredibly talented and, you know, I'm working my way up there. So yeah, you never know. You never know. So you've never been knocked out. How much pride do you take in that? Uh, I think it's just, it is what it is. You know, um, it's not like I take pride because I can be knocked out. It just, you know, it just hasn't happened. <laughs> I, I do have a chin, but I'm, that's also another thing I'm not, I'm not super proud of because it's not like I'm not proud. I'm not proud of being able to take shots because <laughs> it's not the best thing for my brain health. It, it, it does show my durability, and I, I really think that just comes from just being obviously mentally tough, but, you know, the training, the countless hours, the durability, and I guess it is a cool thing. Uh, I've never been knocked out. I've never been finished in general. I've never been submitted. I have, you know, as an amateur, I, I've, I've, you know, I've had some submission losses. Even in my jiu-jitsu career, I've been submitted, but as, as a professional, 
yeah, it, it is cool to, you know, I guess have that title of never being finished. And um, I hope to keep it that way. The sport is crazy. You know, we wear four ounce gloves and anyone can get knocked out, like literally anyone. So yeah, I'm just fortunate that it hasn't happened to me yet. All right. So this is a hypothetical all time, you know, different errors, whatnot. What would your dream like fantasy matchup to watch two fighters go at it? Francis Ngannou and John Jones. Francis Ngannou. It's just, uh, it's a huge fight. A lot of speculation behind it. And it, it just, that would be, if I was savaging a fight, that would be the one to watch because you got the, you know, the goat John Jones and you got this insane athlete Francis Ngannou and uh, John Jones going to heavyweight it just it just makes sense you got to do that fight and I think everyone in the world would tune in to watch that one yeah since we're, we're living in a hypothetical world I mean I don't see why that's not the co-main event for uh Ige Holloway in Hawaii <laughs> <laughs> for sure uh so you mentioned you kind of getting a lot of advice and just seeing a lot of fighting influences growing up in Hawaii, whether it's fighting or not, what's the best piece of advice you received during your career? And on the flip side, what's one bit of advice you would give to a young fighter? I don't know if you guys are you know, familiar with Kelly Slater. For sure. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Kelly Slater. So different sport, you know, 11 time world champion, I think 11 or 12. Yeah. Uh, world champion surfer, just an OG of the surf world. Um, he actually gave me advice when I was still an amateur and it stuck with me forever. Just being able to adapt in the moment has been huge because if you take it from a, a surfing perspective, you know, you can't predict mother nature. You don't know where the waves are going to come in the lineup. You just have to be in the right place at the right time. And you also have to be able to adapt under certain circumstances. And same thing in fighting. Like if there's ever a time, you know, let's say I have a game plan and it, it doesn't, I'm not saying have a plan B, but if you go out there and, your game plan isn't working. You have to be able to adapt in the moment. Or if you get hurt in a fight, you have to be able to adapt in the moment. And that I remember he told me that, and I was going into one of my one of my amateur fights. I don't remember exactly, but that stuck with me. And I came a, across a point in the fight where I had to adapt because I was I was hurt, and I had to find a way to adapt and find a way to win. And that stuck with me. I remember that thought, and that's something that stuck with me pretty much my whole entire career I always I think that's some one of my strong points is the ability to, to adapt and yeah it was just I knew I, I was strong at that but someone telling me that from the outside from a different perspective and a different sport it really stuck with me so I don't I don't know that's my advice to anyone else I think that's great and all right so we're gonna end one more on a fun question um, <clears throat> from one of our readers what is on your playlist when you train it honestly it changes it changes every day it really depends what like the mood i'm in i listen to every like literally every type of music you could uh you could think of yeah like if i'm going to boxing training i like to find something that just puts me in that that rhythm and in that just kind of in that groove so I'll, I'll throw on some old school music like some james brown or just old school like war me and baby brother just nowhere to run like really old school music and then you know I'll, I'll put on some if i'm going into like strength and conditioning or something i'll i'll usually listen to some newer school like hip-hop you know obviously you got your your drakes and whatnot and all that good stuff but um or i'll put on some 
some old 90s rock 80s rock just some metallica or whatever it really just kind of depends on the moment and in the mood but I, I i'm a fan of music in general so i love every genre of music and i just kind of put on whatever gets me in that you know in that groove and in that mood for whatever workout i'm about to do whether it's boxing or i'm about to go grapple or you know, hit some mitts. I'll even throw on some some house, some trance. Like <laughs> if I'm doing something, or who knows, maybe I'll get weird and put on some classical. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to be adaptable, right? And as we just mentioned, exactly. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have today, Dan. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Tell our listeners where they can find you on social media and keep up with all things Dan Ige. Yeah, thank you guys for having me and um. Yeah, pretty much right now. I'm only on Instagram and Twitter at Dynamite Dan 808. That, like I said, that may change in the future, but right now it's Dynamite Dan 808. Instagram, Twitter. I'm, uh, I'm in the process of creating a YouTube, so I don't have anything yet, but um, be on the lookout for that. And uh, anything, any news coming on that will be on my uh, Instagram and Twitter. You guys can find out about that. But yeah, thank you guys again, and thanks for having me. And I'm, I'm just blessed and honored to be a part of the thorn program and the thorn community so thank you guys hey we love having you and that yeah. was ufc athlete dan Ige. thanks everyone for listening thanks for listening to the thorn podcast performance edition make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice you can also learn more about the topics we discussed by visiting thorn.com and checking out the latest news videos and stories on thorns take five daily blog for this performance edition of the Thorn Podcast, I'm Joel Totoro, reminding everyone to stay active and stay hydrated.